Hi, I'm Melissa. And I'm Amber. And you're listening to the AM Podcast. So, before we get into the episode, we'd like to give a trigger warning that there will be mentions of suicide and murder. So, if these are topics that do trigger you, please feel free to check out a number of our other episodes. Um, But also, if you haven't heard them yet, you should listen to our reviews of the first two seasons of Penthouse, episodes 67 and 68. So today we are reviewing the K-drama, the Penthouse season three. But first, we're going to go into our K-pop picks of the week. Amber, what's your pick of the week? Um, so my pick of the week is Epic Highs featuring G-Soul, um, End of the World. It came on Shuffle, like, earlier this week, and then ever since then I had it, um, playing, like, every day. And I think I just had a whole Epic High moment this week, because I just started listening to all their albums. But anyways, back to the song. I love this song just as much as I loved it when we first talked about it in the other episode. So, yeah, I'm gonna play a little bit of it for you guys now. I want you to love me. Like it's the end of the world No one else above me Nobody else you prefer Cause we got this thing I wanna trust Even if it falls apart I want you to know Okay, well that was <laughs> that was the song. So Melissa, what was your K-pop pick of the week? So mine... You know, maybe I'm just biased. Maybe I'm just biased, but mine was actually My Universe, um, which is a new song that recently came out um, by uh, Coldplay and BTS. Um, I really love this collab. I think it's a great stadium and crowd song. Like, I could see it being played um, at a concert. And it feels, I guess that's why it feels very like Coldplay and BTS at the same time to me. Because I feel like, you know, Coldplay is known for those kind of like big, like, I don't know, big wavy type songs. I don't know if that's a word. But like, I don't even like, I don't know, like, like big like crescendos and like really like emoting like their feelings like type of songs. And with BTS, I mean, okay, my favorite song, one of my favorite songs from this Microcosmos and it gave me those kind of vibes. Um, But also, I think it was yesterday at the time that we're recording, um, Coldplay sang this at the Global Citizens Festival. And BTS was on the, um, so they played live and BTS was on like the, what is it called? Like the screen. I think they also had like holograms behind them, like on the screen, like behind hmm. the band. Um, but in the, a lot of the fan videos that I saw, they were, there's like a, there's like a, like a, like a screen. Anyways, there was a screen and BTS was on there. And I was like, wow, like I want to see them perform it um, live, like together, like in person. I think that would be really cool because they all have just so much energy. Like Chris Martin has a lot of energy and BTS has a lot of energy. So just the two of them together, the two bands, I guess, together on live seems like it would be fun. But anyways, um, and so now I'm going to play a little bit of the song so you guys can hear it. That's my pick of the week. Okay, so now moving on to Penthouse 3. 
we're going to start with the synopsis and then discuss the characters, the scenes we did and didn't like, and then we're going to finish out with our overall thoughts. So the synopsis or summary is um, Suryon finally takes revenge on the residents of Hera Palace. They lost all of their money by investing in Chonsu District, and even worse, they stand before the court for covering up Sola's death. Those greedy residents of Hera Palace who caught themselves in their own traps end up losing their fortunes, reputations, and everything they had, and Suryon succeeds in getting her revenge on Dante, who tried to kill her. When Suryon thought the nightmare is finally over, she witnesses Logan's death right before her eyes. Who could have planned to murder Logan, and what will happen to the residents of Hera Palace next? Their desire for revenge is not over yet. Okay, so we're going to start off with the parents, and we're going to start off with Oyun Hui. So my thoughts about her is that I felt as though she was, you know, she was in the show for a short amount of time, but while she was in the show, I felt like her presence and the things that she was doing for that short amount of time was very impactful and helped move things along for the rest of the season. Um, I feel like, and I do feel like, as we went on throughout the season, a lot of what she was doing in the beginning was kind of like, it's almost like people kind of forgot about what happened or like it it didn't have as big of an impact as I thought it was going to have in the beginning. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I thought the whole thing with Sola's mom dying and who killed her was going to be more, I don't know, dramatic. And I don't, and I didn't even remember that they even found out like where she was buried or that they even found her body. Um, Cause I feel like that kind of conflicted with them finding uh, Yoonhee's body um, later on. But anyways, like it felt like it just all like compounded together and it was like, I don't know, but she did like, but one of the things that she was doing that I thought helped move the story along was, you know, she was looking for Suryon's living twin because um, she thought that Sola was the only one who had died. I mean, she thought, I don't think she really, I don't think she realized that she had had twins, right? And Sola had died. Um, and then, so she was, so that was like one thing she was doing. She was looking for like the living twin, I guess, and trying to figure out who that was. And then she also, I think she was also tasked with protecting Logan's um, inheritance money. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I feel like when she was alive, she was doing some great things. And then she died. And, yeah. So, what, what about you, Amber? <laughs> uh, I kind of I feel the same way you did. Like, although she died early on, she did play a key role in continuing the story. Um, and it was just messed up how she died, though. Like, that was really sad. Like, she, at that point, well, I guess, oh, I guess it was needed. Point, it was like, she was so close. Like, I don't know, I just feel like she was so close to getting Sue her information. Oh, you guys, sorry. Sue is Siren, but sometimes I have trouble saying her name, so I just call her Sue. Okay. <laughs> um so I feel like she was always like one step closer to really figuring out everything but that makes sense so because like Judante tried to find her and get her and stop her from doing that so it made sense um 
I still feel like even into this season, she was still too nice for her own good. Like when she did go after Teacher Jen um, to get Unreal, like she knew something bad was going to happen, but she didn't care. But I mean, she was nice like that because it was like it's a kid involved. I don't know. It just seemed like her and a lot of these other parents, when there were children involved, they really didn't care anymore. Mm. And um, she was still being used this season knowingly but she she was just still being used to help people with their own agendas like she was helping logan um you know get the money to um surin i don't know really what she was supposed to do with the money because he gave it to her to give it to someone but i couldn't remember because it was supposed to be sola's money i think but she's not alive anymore so i guess i guess it was supposed to go to surin but it didn't well it did it did because she took the money out she put it in the check and then she put it in the book and then she gave it to Siren but she never opened up the book to find the check but the other guy did oh I can't remember the other guy's name but he opened it and he found it he figured out where it was but whatever (laughs) but I still feel like she was still being used for other people's agenda but I think at this point she wasn't blind to it anymore she already knew what her role was and she was playing it well so yeah that's how I felt about her this season Okay. Yeah, I, I forgot. Yeah, I was also confused. I just want to say, I was also <laughs> confused about what she was supposed to be doing with the money because she was over here like she started a whole boutique or something. I was like, so what was was that money supposed to do? What was she supposed to do with the money again? I don't know. Right. Um. But then the money. So I don't know. It was part of it. I don't know. I was a little confused about the whole money situation because. <laughs> I feel like she also had bought some properties or invested in something. <sighs> Anyways, okay, that part was confusing. But anyway, so we'll just move on to the next character. Um, <laughs> uh, the next character is Judante. Amber, what do you think about Judante? Um, you know, last season I thought he finally broke, but it was really this season. You know, for the first time we saw him beg rather than have people begging him. And um, I will say, I'll give him, I'll give him props. He started off strong, but slowly became weaker throughout the season. Um, And I think he really lost control, but it was crazy to see how, like, I don't know if it was greed or this, this one to not fail or something, but he just like, wouldn't give up. Like, even though he was, at the bottom like there was no lower he could go he was still trying somehow to to do something to get somewhere but at the end of the day he was killed um which yeah makes sense I I feel like you know what I'm just gonna leave it at that I'm not gonna give more opinions until later when we go over our thoughts (laughs) but I do feel like in the beginning he was in control and then towards the end he started to lose control um I think it was mainly when the um the what was the investment properties the the they fell through or something like that and so I think that's when things started to really shift for him so yeah what are your thoughts um yeah, I agree. That's when it shifted um, for him. But I still feel like even after that, I don't know. I just felt like I just really admired his persistence to, like, live mm-hmm. and to, like, even when he was, like, at the bottom, like, even after the whole investment property 
thing fell through and he was shipped off to <laughs> Japan, I think that's where he went. They yeah. shipped him off to. Like he still managed to get out of that, you know, dumping noodles on himself. You know, he still found his way back to Korea. I'm just like, wow, this man just like, I don't know what his like end goal like really is. But because there wasn't really anyone on his side at that point. And so I was confused as to like where he thought he could go, Mm -hmm. like in terms of getting back to where he was before. But it's like he still like felt like he could somehow, which I thought was really admirable. Like even when the chips are down, like you're really still trying to. Go, go, get back to being like the CEO of Chunga but yeah. I don't know so I thought that was interesting Um, but I did and I also thought it was interesting how even though he didn't really have the upper hand like he used to in the in the previous seasons um, I it was interesting that even with his death I felt as though he still died under his own terms like he planted mm-hmm. the bombs in Hera Palace He's the one who set it off. I mean, I, I guess it was unintentional how he said how he set it off <laughs> because you know he was shot in the head. But I mean, still, like he, I think he planned that. You know, I'm gonna go down with like my castle or whatever that I built, and so I don't know. It was interesting. I almost felt like okay, maybe I'll just my overall thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt. <laughs> I was like, let me stop. Okay, I'm gonna stop there. But in this in this how I guess it's, that's all I have to say about Judante. Um I I guess I don't so I don't even I don't know that I necessarily agree with you when you say that, you know, he became like a weaker I guess weaker in comparison to the other seasons, I guess. But I guess for me the fact that he kept coming back or trying to find ways to come back, even knowing that he didn't really have people that were on his side anymore out of fear mm-hmm. I don't, to me that didn't make him like weak um, but I guess weaker I, I would agree that like weaker in terms of like people weren't following him out of fear anymore in the, in the third season yeah I was mostly I thinking in, in comparison to who he was before he was like the top character the strongest character and now nobody wants to mess with him. And then also, I just, I mean, I don't know. I guess me and you have a different outlook on it. Because when he was still trying to do stuff, I just felt it as being, like, desperate or delusional. Hmm. But I, I can see it from your point of view. That it takes a strong person to, even though they're down, keep going and trying to find it. So, find it. Or trying to find, try to get back to where they were before. So, that makes sense. Hmm. Okay, so moving on to Hyun Chol. Um, I guess I'll start with this one. Uh, and so I I really liked uh, his character this season. Um, I thought, you know, I felt like this is sort of a carryover from the end of last season, I guess. But mm-hmm. I felt like he started off as being like kind of annoying and letting people use him how how they needed him for their agenda um but I feel like towards like the middle I guess or towards the middle to the end I guess he started to come into his own um and stand up for himself and um um yeah stand up for himself and I guess I was thinking particularly like when he decided that he was gonna help Logan live instead of just like barely keeping him alive 
um, which is what the anonymous voice who turns out to be Chun So Jin wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I thought, so that's when I, I saw the turning point for him, for me. Um, and I did think that he did do his best to kind of toe the line between being Rona's father and also trying to protect um, <laughs> and being Yoongyo's father. Um, so, yeah, that's all I was going to say. Amber. Um, I agree with you. I really liked him this season. I felt like he was stronger. Like, although he was being used, even then, we find out that even at the times when he was still being used by Judante and the whole, I'm calling the crew or whatever, um, <laughs> he still had his own agenda. He, I feel like he had his own agenda this entire season, which is completely different because normally he was following his own plan. Not his own plan, sorry. He was following other people's plan instead of his own plan in previous seasons. And then when he did try to have his own plan previous seasons, it didn't work out. So, but this season, he, you know, he was strong. Um, I kind of I agree with you too. Um, I do. I what I what I appreciated about him most is that he did take on the role as um, dad for Barona, even though she kept trying to push him away. He still tried to be the best father that he could be. Um, and I thought that was sweet. I mean. He had to do it. I mean, she deserved that much after like all these years of not being around her and then also sabotaging her um mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. season at the what was it the the competition, the competition. And so it's the least he could do. And then, you know, he died. So I mean, he had to do something. Um, but I will say he was really, he was really like in a tough situation this season too, just because not only was he trying to protect Unbyo, but he was also trying to protect Rona. And then he's also trying to bring justice to Yunhui um, for like her death, like trying to make sure that Sojin actually gets persecuted for what she did. And, um, but again, until the end, of this entire series. One thing that didn't change at all. That didn't fluctuate. Is the fact that he still loved Inkly. And like even to his like dying day. He still thought about this woman. At the end of the day. And it just showed just how much he was in love with her still. Which kind of makes me mad. Because it's just like. Ugh, you were just after the money at first. Like you guys could have been great together. But yeah. So I guess just overall, I just really loved his character this season. And I think this is the first season that I had so much respect for him. Because if you guys listened to some of the other ones that we were talking about, we were like, this man is weak. <laughs> he can't do nothing. <laughs> so it's completely changed this season. So those were my thoughts on Yunshul or Dr. Ha, as they call him sometimes. Okay. And we're going to move on to Chun So Jin. Um, I was kind of conflicted about her, um, in this season. And the reason why, because I still feel like she was evil, but Mm. I was confused about, like, I guess her intentions or, like, her delusions. Like, was she delusional or was she, like, intentionally? Okay, let me, I was going to say what what I thought was confusing. Because I'm, because I'm even thinking back about it, like, I don't know. Because I thought it was confusing how... I think that she thought that everything that she was doing was for her daughter's good, but the part where she 
the fact that she was tricking Yoonbyul into thinking that she took the pills only for her daughter to be able to testify that she was actually like losing what was it losing her her memory um Mm -hmm. uh in court made me feel like she was being selfish from the beginning I don't know because it it felt like she was using her daughter for her own like to further her own interests right and so everything that I thought like the past like couple seasons where it's like yeah she's only doing this because she loves her daughter like you wouldn't do that because you love your daughter you you're doing that you're doing this because you want to get away with essentially murdering like a bunch of people and get getting away for like the crimes that you committed so I don't know so that whole part just made me think like I don't know does she actually love her daughter or is she just being selfish and then but yeah I think in the end I just I never liked her and I don't and at that point I was just like yeah I don't think she has any redeeming qualities I think the best things that she did was stay away from Yoonville at the end and then die like alone (laughs) wow (laughs) I don't know I don't know if that's harsh I mean she's a fictional she's a fictional character so but it's just my thoughts um what about you ever I agree I think the best thing she could know is just stay away from Yoonville altogether um I also agree that she was selfish but I truly think that she believed that she was doing this for Umbiel and to protect her and to just kind of like help her in life but I don't think it was until the trial that she realized that she was the one that was actually hurting Umbiel and not everyone else and she was the one that she needed protection from um, and for the first time, I think Soljin actually felt remorseful for the things she did because she just saw how much it affected Unbyul to the point where she was willing to kill herself in court. And it was just sad. That part was sad. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's for the first time, I just felt like I saw her truly, I don't know, quote unquote, break or just feel some sort of real emotion other than like anger. <laughs> so yeah um and then the other thing that i felt was that she was she was evil maybe even worse than dante because she she was she killed people and didn't care as long as she got what she wanted and their life didn't matter like their life didn't matter to her um although i thought she did care when yunchu was dying um after he fell over the edge um but that didn't last long once he called her yunhui and she just kind of left him there to die so which is kind of crazy because like I always I think I said this before when they were about to go to jail in season two she like to the end she was still kind of worried or still in competition with Yoonhui for his love and I think even then even now she still realized that she was never ever going to be his number one never was and she and no matter what happened, she was always going to come second to Yoonhui. So I just thought that was interesting how that's like a theme that reoccurred. So yeah, that's how I felt about her. Okay. Um, I just wanted to also say like, I think it's crazy that her daughter had to basically slit her throat for her to realize that yeah. she, um, how much she was like affecting her mental state. Mm-hmm. Like that's insane. Like you had like she had to go to that extreme for she had to go to that extreme for you to realize that what you're doing that what she was doing was 
wrong. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but, or, but, anyways, I thought that was that whole court scene, which is crazy. Um, and I mean, I feel like she knew from the beginning that she should have known from the beginning that, um, Dr. Ha or Yoon Chol was never like really, he was never like really in love with her like he was with Yoon Hee. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she should have known. Anyways, okay. Moving on <laughs> to Shim Suryon. Um, Amber, what were your thoughts about Shim Suryon? So, for Suryon, I was sure at the beginning how I felt about her. But by the end, I wasn't so sure. Um, I still can't figure out if she's, like, a good person or a bad person. In ways, she was, like, selfish just like everyone else. But throughout, she made it feel like it was okay that she was selfish because people did her wrong. But also because she was looking out for the kids and making sure they didn't get hurt. Um, And so, I don't know. I don't know if that's, like, just, like, a cover-up for her or if that's just how the writers did it because... I, don't, I felt like she was bad because all these people were dying because of her. And then some kids didn't have their parents. I mean, I know it's the parents, like, dis- okay, I guess I'm more so thinking about Rona because Yunhui died because of her, kind of, because she was looking into her past. And then it's just, like, all these people were dying because she was just trying to get revenge for what happened to Sola and then try and get revenge for what happened to Logan and then try and get revenge because Yun-Hui died so it's just like all this stuff happened and it's just like a lot of people wouldn't have died had it not been for her even Nayegyo died last season because she was trying to get revenge so I just wasn't really sure mm-hmm. if she was good or bad because it was stuff that she was trying to get revenge, but I understood. But it was still like, I don't know how I feel about her character. Um, but I will say, I did love how she was strategic this season. I feel like she really had a plan from the beginning. And she did most of that without Logan, where last season was mostly with Logan. So she really stepped out on her own um, this season. Also, there was a part where I felt like there was like a shift where she was mixing her personality with Nayagyo's personality. And I feel like at that point, that's where things really took off because she was Mm. she had this like tough, I'm going to do what I need to do to accomplish my agenda, which gave me that that Nayagyo feel. But she did it with like class, which was like really like Sue run, like really her. So I I like that. So, yeah. What were your thoughts, Melissa? Um, So. I think I would agree with you that, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess I feel like, okay, so I feel like, I guess I can see what you're saying, how, like, a lot of people kind of died because of what she was doing. But I feel like um, Yoon-hee died. I mean, yes, she was looking into her past, but I think it also had something to do with, like, Logan's money, too. So I think they wanted the money. Oh. Um too um and i mean i could see like but then also maybe sudion also probably felt that way also to some extent which is why towards the end when logan told her to wear whatever wear like the the tracking 
GPS thing and mm-hmm. all that other stuff, she decided to leave it because maybe she also felt like, and I think she said it like as she was dying that, um, you know, all this happened because of me and like, or whatever. So I'm going to let you live, you know, your life or whatever. And I need to, um, pay the consequences. Um, but but then Logan ended up dying, so it was like, what was the point? Anyway, sorry. Um, but um, what was I gonna say? So I, so I guess I, I guess I tell, I said all that to say that I, I guess I agree that it, to me it felt like she did kind of orchestrate a lot of what happened in this season. Um, and, be, and I think it's probably because she did the majority of it by herself because Logan was, you know, dead. Yeah. For, or or well, not his, dead. Yeah, quote unquote dead. <laughs> um, um, I felt like she she did a lot of fighting. I'm always surprised, like when I see her like in the fighting scenes with Judante, because like they're like they like were really going all out. Yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know why I was always so surprised. Like, oh wow, she's like really fighting. And I guess it's weird because she's like super classy and like in her dresses and stuff or her nice pantsuits. And then Durante is like slamming her into stuff, and like she's like, "Is this? I don't know." They go all out in these fighting scenes, anyways. Um, and she inserted herself in basically everybody's storyline, and I think that's also why I felt like she orchestrated a lot of things, um, and that she was, you know, a focal point, which I guess is kind of the same thing as what I just said before. Basically, that she's like she had some role in everyone's like storyline, which was interesting. Um, but I think so. But I don't know if I saw her as like a bad guy because I feel like her intentions were good, and I feel like the black people who died, they did die maybe as like because of some of the things that she was doing, like in terms of getting revenge. But she didn't actually kill them. It was other people that killed them. Um. So I don't know. Um. But. I did, so I did think it was admirable that she did want to get justice for both Onyun Hui and Logan's deaths, um, and that's all I thought about her. Okay, so we're going to move on to our next character, Kang Mari, and Melissa, what were your thoughts? Um, so I felt like she was definitely a minor character this season, and um, just in the sense that, I, yeah, she was a minor character. I don't know. She didn't really have much going on. I felt like her main role was that she capitalized on the connection she had with like the rich, those rich older women mm-hmm. um, from the sauna. Um, and that helped. And because of her connections with them, they were able to step in to in certain points throughout the story to help move the story along, like with the deeds for some of the, I can't remember the, the like, technical details. But I know that, like, they stepped in to help, like, get give rewards for stuff and helped with, like, land stuff. So <laughs> they wouldn't, and they wouldn't have, she, they, the people that they helped wouldn't have been able to make that connection or be connected to them without her help. Um, and I also felt like she did kind of helped to provide a stable environment for um you jenny for jenny when her because her father was kind of all over the map and acting um, you know a little bit crazy doing whatever judante needed to have done and so i feel like if her mom hadn't been there to provide that kind of environment where like 
I don't know. There's like some sense of I don't know what's the word calmness or sense of I don't know ever said stability, but like sense of stability. Um, then you know she would have probably gone over the deep end, and 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 I feel like she, there needs to be at least one parent who wasn't like crazy mm-hmm. or out for revenge necessarily in this show. Um, and I felt like that was her this season. Yeah. What about you? Um, I agree. I feel like she was she was the parent, like an actual parent <laughs> this season, which which the kids needed. Um, but to add on to that, um, I love that she also took on the role of being a mom for Beirona because oh, yeah. they actually moved into um Yunhui and Beirona's apartment when she had that beef with the dad. So um, I really appreciated that because because Su- Suren couldn't look after Beirona because she was too busy doing her own little thing. So it was nice that Kangmari um, stepped up. Um, and she kind of became the, the Yoongli of the show after Yoongli died. And that could, I mean, although that could be because she felt bad for what her husband did to her and so she wanted to make it up somehow and so yeah that's that's kind of how I felt about her so kind of like you said she's she was a minor character but even though she was minor I feel like she played like a an an important role in keeping keeping things kind of stable for some for some of the kids so yeah anything else you have to say um no I agree okay um, so moving on, we're going to talk about Yoon Dong-pil, which is Kang Mari's husband. So what were your thoughts? Um, so I felt, I felt pretty bad for him, um, because I felt like his whole role this season, I don't know, I think at the end of season two, I had high expectations. Like, I don't know, I thought he was going to be like an, an, like someone who could play like, What's the word? I guess like someone could play like in direct competition with Junante, like mm-hmm. on the same level as him. But it turned out to kind of just be—I don't know what the word was for them—but like you know those muscle men people, guys usually who do the like all the dirty work for like the mafia bosses or like for the mm-hmm. mob. Like I felt like that was his role, and like he was just always the fall guy, and I was just—it was kind of irritating. Um, how he let himself kind of play into that role and it was and it was irritating because every time he was like yeah you know I'm gonna stand up to do Dante or whatever um he ended up just being the fall guy again um I mean like I mean there's multiple I guess examples of this in the show um but like well I guess first off with uh, killing Sola's mom he didn't do that it was Shudante, and he took the fall for that. With Oyun Ki, he didn't kill her either, but he still took the fall for that, and he got, like moved the body, her body, and it's just like I don't know. I think, but I think he did all that because he loved his family and just wanted to protect them the best way he knew how. Because I think every time he, um, every time he thought of like rejecting. Judante's orders I think that was Judante's um response like oh I'll tell Jenny that what you really went to jail for 
or mm-hmm. oh you'll end up going to jail for whatever whatever like it's almost like everything like he was doing he was like just trying to protect his family I guess um but it was just annoying how like he was just kind of a bit of a scaredy cat and then at the end you know he ended up going to back to jail anyways so anyways um what were your thoughts um I agree uh, he he was yeah I agree. Uh, he reminded me of um, Yunjul in previous seasons. Like, he was just weak. Like, the man was weak. I, and it's sad because when we were first introduced to him last season, I thought he would play a totally different role than he actually did, like you mentioned. Like, I don't know. Because you're right. Because he always said, yeah, I'm going to get revenge. Because I think when he came out of the the jail, he was like, oh, I'm going to get him. Or something like that. Like, he's, he's going to get him for having to spend all that time in jail. But... Mm-hmm he didn't so yeah (laughs) but I also was wondering if he like truly cared for Dante in some way like I felt like he had a soft spot for him even though he was like even when he was like setting him up to like slightly get in trouble get caught by the police or whatever I couldn't help but think like he actually kind of felt bad for doing it and um unless that was just him playing it up but I don't know. It's just like something something gave me that feeling. But I mean, not that he regretted doing it because, you know, it was helping out. You know, Judante was a bad guy. But um, I just couldn't, I don't know. Maybe he's just a softy at heart and I couldn't tell the difference. But whatever. Um, but yeah, he just, he was a lackey, like you were mentioning <laughs> throughout this whole season. Um, and he really had no ground to stand on as well. So yeah. That's all I had to say about him. You have anything else to say? Um, no, I'm just trying to figure out when they were setting him up, like what was his role when they were setting up um well, I guess it was a whole there there's like a there was a lot going on. I can't pinpoint like what his exact role was. Um, but anyways, okay. I was more so thinking about when he had took him to, I don't know, like a hotel or somewhere off. I don't know. I don't know what they're called. But he had taken him there and he was like, oh, just just stay here and I'll take. I think this is after he escaped from the hospital. Was that he escaped from the hospital? I don't know where Junante came from, but he took him somewhere and he was like, okay just stay here I'll take care of you like don't leave they're gonna see you and then all of a sudden the police came to where he was staying Oh, okay. that's what I was saying because he was kind of setting him up a little bit throughout the whole thing okay I remember he said it was like a safe this was like a safe place for him or something like that yeah I can't I can't remember exactly where he was it's like a room like it looked like a, like a like a motel almost but I don't think it was really a motel I don't I can't remember what it was actually called so Okay, I think I, I think I'm, I think it's coming back to me, but okay, okay, I'm following. Okay, anyways, okay, <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. Okay, so next we're gonna move on to the kids of the show. We're gonna start with Barona. Um, and for me, I feel like she, she really stood up for herself this season. She got revenge without completely sinking to Sojin and Umbiel's level, and she remained good to the end. I mean, throughout this entire series, she was just good, and, um, I really, I really loved her character. And so, yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, I, I mean, even when she was rock bottom, 
I don't know. I just feel like when we, <laughs> this whole season, when people hit rock bottom, it's like all of a sudden they change to be evil and selfish. But Verona didn't do that. She was just like, I know what I need to do. And this is what needs to happen in order for me to get, I guess, revenge or justice for my mom. But I'm not going to do it in such a way that all of you have been doing it this whole time. And so I really appreciated that. Those are my thoughts. Um, I agree. Um, she was my favorite character this season. Um, because I liked that she was able to um give revenge, like you said, without going to crazy lengths like Chun So Jin and Yun Bill and all the other people who just murder people. Oh um, yeah. to get to where they <laughs> want to get to. Um, she was did everything like really classy. Like she was very calculating, but in the classy way. And I don't even know exactly like how she Unless it was, I don't know, I was thinking about the part where um, Chun So Jin's mom had, um, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Chun <So Jin laughs> is the Sorry. Because the part that I was thinking about was um, when Chun So Jin had set up the whole audition for uh, Yoon Byul to become like the main soprano. I don't know, principal soprano. I think that's what mm-hmm. they, the role was at the Chonga Opera, whatever arts house. Um, I don't think that's. What, I don't remember what the name is called. But anyways, and all of a sudden, like everything was set up, and the guy was gonna come in, you know, and and uh, Yumbil was gonna start singing. But all of a sudden, you, you see Perona step in into that role. And I'm just like, I don't know how she got there, but that was just so classy. Like she didn't kill Yumbil. She didn't drug her and push her off in the closet somewhere. <laughs> She mm-hmm. just stepped in and just sang her heart out, and she ended up becoming like the principal soprano. Um, and she came out on top just on the end, in, in the end, in general. Um, and so I think part of that, so that's just an example of like how she was able to do what she needed to do, I guess, to but in a classy way without doing crazy things but also I feel like because she was a good person other people I think saw that and I feel like she took advantage of her good of the good relationship she had with others to um get to where she needed to go and um like you said get revenge for her mom or I guess good justice for her mom not really revenge I don't even feel I feel like it wasn't really revenge for her I feel like it was more like justice for her mom okay so moving on to the next character is Ju Sokyung and I feel bad for her this season mostly in the last half after she found out that she was a Junante's biological daughter but really Suren's or Sue I, I have trouble okay um and then after that, she was just kind of lost. Like, I wasn't sure who she should, like, she wasn't, like, I felt like she wasn't sure who she should be or what to do. And what also sucks is that she also had to face the reality that she almost killed her own twin sister, um, Sola, which is crazy. And I don't know how, like, I don't know, I don't know. Like, I know this is fake, but if I was put in those shoes, like, what would you do? Like, you basically just almost killed your your blood, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought that was crazy. Um, but that being said, I do believe she had the biggest transformation out of all of the characters. She went from being this selfish, defensive, 
Catholic girl to being more open and understanding to people. And you really kind of see her throughout. Like she's, I feel like she was partly also influenced not only by her mom, but also by her brother and seeing the switch that he had taken from um, when they used to be like mean and evil together. But, and now to see how, um, so he's like sweet and how people like him and how everyone's just kind of getting along. And I think that's what she wanted, but she was too stubborn to actually change early on in the season. And, um, but by the end you see that she, she really changed a lot. Um, but I wish, I think one thing that I didn't like that I, I thought that I didn't like about her, but I just really wish she would have um, gone back to her mom sooner rather than later after escaping the orphanage. Like, instead of telling her, like, don't come find me. Like, I'll be on my own. I mean, even though she wasn't on her own, her brother was there for her. But still, like, even when um, Su- Run came and knocked on the door and told her, like, I'm here for you. Like, I'm sorry. Like, open the door. Just open the door when she was hiding in the hotel. Um, I wish she would have just opened the door. Like, I don't know. I just wish that she could have just had that time with her. But I don't know. Yeah, she made the biggest transformation. So I was really happy for her by the end of this um, season. So what were your thoughts? Um, yeah, I felt like Sokyong in the first half of Penthouse was very different from the second half um, of the season. Um, and I mean, I guess I could understand that, you know, after finding out who her real mom was, and I guess potentially, I mean, I guess, yeah, I, I guess I could see how she could have an internal conflict with knowing that she basically almost killed her own, her own blood. But I don't know. I just felt like, why was it acceptable for her to act like, you know, bad, I guess, when she thought she was Judante's daughter, but not when she realized she was Suryon's daughter um like she felt guilty which I guess I could understand but to me it almost felt like she was basing her personality around who her parent was at the time because I feel like if you like even if like if she if she knew the whole time that she was Junante's daughter like you know like who your parents are like you know who you come from like wouldn't that make you feel like more sure like I don't know I don't know I don't know it was just like because because you think of Junante he's like evil you think of Suryan she's like more nice and more like concerning or I don't know concerning about concerned about others I guess and it felt like she was basing her personality I guess that's what I meant about like I felt like she was basing her personality off of who her real parent was um I mean, she did go for, a, she did go a little, you know, I don't know, necessarily crazy after she found out that Suryan was her mom, but she did go off, like, on her own, but like you said, her brother was helping her out, but she didn't really want his help, so I don't know if that really counts, so I don't know, but I just felt like, I just felt like... Even though she did have a big turnaround and it's admirable that she wanted that she did try to make her way her own way in the world and you know she wanted to you know uh, work for her own money and whatever whatever I just didn't like the reasoning for how she got to that point I guess in the end and I felt like the writers kind of gave her an easy way out of being the bully by making her Suryon's daughter I don't know 
Did that make any sense? Or was oh yeah, all over the place. No, I don't sense. know. I see. I see where you're coming from. Because I, I could see how she based it off. But you know what? I feel like okay, we're not really talking about the brother, but I feel like it's kind of like when when he was like, "Well, I'm Judante's son, and if he's evil, I'm evil because his blood runs in me, yeah. so that makes me evil." And so I was wondering if that's how she was going off of it, like, well. Because they knew, because they yeah. knew that, well, they didn't, okay, well, they they believed that um, there was no re- relation to Surun at all. Like, they knew Junante was their dad. Well, Sukyong, yes, is his real son. But, um, I, I know what you're saying. Wasn't. So, I feel like maybe that's what she was going based off, kind of following that same mindset of, like, well, I must not have any good in in me because I'm his daughter, and so I guess maybe that's where I was coming thinking of it that way. I don't know. That man was crazy, and just made his kids just crazy altogether. So, but I I completely understand what you mean. Like it's it's not. Yeah, I mean she should have known that what she was doing was bad to begin with, regardless yeah. of who she was. But at the same time, no one ever checked her on being mean or being bad so Dion did yeah, but she really didn't listen to her but I feel like more people checked her recently rather than before I mean and I guess that's my issue like Suryon was the one who was trying to check her her brother was the one who was trying to check her last season but she was just like, oh, you know, I'm Judante's daughter. I'm evil. I feel like that's probably what she felt like. Oh, because he's evil, I'm going to be evil too and do what I need to do to get what I want. And this season, I mean, I feel like, okay, so the whole thing about the school and Suryon um, uh, basically expelled. Didn't she like expel her from the school for being a bully? Because remember the scene, you know, where like all the parents were like, yeah, she's a bully and da da da. And, and I mean, so I guess, sorry. Yeah. And All she so, had to I say mean, was sorry. Sorry. <laughs> All she had to say was sorry. And she would have been able to stay at school. <laughs> but she's so stubborn. And I feel like yeah, it's because she felt like her father is. I felt like it's because her father is who he was. And she felt like she didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Need to explain herself, I guess. Because it's almost like, yeah, look at my, look at who my father is. Like, I don't need to listen to y'all. And it's just like, and I guess that's why I said that, and that's why I feel like it was like a cop out to be like, oh, well, let's make her Suryon's daughter, and then she's gonna like, have this big, like, um, revelation, like, oh my god, I was such a horrible person. Um, But, I mean. But I think even before that, she kind of started to see that what she was doing was wrong. Because, okay, I don't know if I'm getting my seasons confused, but there was one point where she came into Beirona's room and got on her knees as an apology to her. Um, I thought that was after. I thought that was before. I think that was after she had come back um, to, uh, she ran away, uh, so she was kidnapped, and then she escaped from she she escaped from the orphanage. I think that was after she escaped and came back to Suryon. And she was trying to, like, make amends. Oh. Well, then never mind. I'm pretty sure that was... 
almost positive because that's when she was, was came back it's because she didn't want to come back because she didn't feel as though she was worthy or whatever of being Suryon's mm-hmm. daughter and I, I feel like that was after but I mean okay sorry y'all my brain is just all over the place. It's, it's a lot that happens. So sometimes I get confused about the order. The no, yeah, the order. Uh, you know, yeah, there was a lot in this. this uh, yeah, keeping track of like the storyline and everything, and the, and I feel like everyone had a lot of shifts too, in yeah. this season. So it's kind of hard to. Anyways, that's all I was gonna say. About oh, young. <laughs> okay. Well, then moving on, we're gonna talk about Hot and Buell. Um, I feel like this season, out of all the characters, uh, she, yeah, I really felt bad for her. She really went through it from the beginning of being abducted by um, Teacher Jen to testifying against her mother. Um, yeah, she she had it rough. Uh, she was trying to, but I do I do feel like more so in the the second half of the season more than anything um, when Soljin quote-unquote pretended to pre- well pretended to have dementia and was going crazy and all this she was really trying her best to be an adult and like trying to take care of her mom and working odd jobs to make money but she was still a kid like in the end she she couldn't do it and I think that just goes to show that maybe maybe she was she was too protected like I know I know like her mom messed her up and everything but she really didn't have any like skills in life so that's just something I thought of on the side but um also I truly believe that the only reason she didn't turn out like her mom was because of Yunchul um and not him, like him not giving up on her trying to talk to her trying to let her know like oh what your mom did was wrong like you're better than this I believe in you and even when he came to her and was like um stop taking the medicine I'm really happy she listened to him like even though she pretended like she wasn't gonna listen to him I'm happy she listened to him um and so I really like I really like that because I feel like that influence really helped her out and I but I think the the final thing that pushed her to see things for herself and to become I don't really think she became a good person but she just I don't know just kind of opened her eyes to what was really happening around her was when um Logan and Surin had her watch her mom confess at the cliff and I feel like that's when she finally realized like my mom is not the person I thought she was and she truly hasn't really been protecting me even though at the trial she was like I know you said that you did all of this for me which is why she tried to end her life because she was like if you don't have no one to protect no one tried to do anything for it then you won't do any more bad things and she felt like it was her fault but yeah I don't know she just she had the biggest I guess realization out of everyone and I think by the end of it she tried to make the best of what was left in her life um and she I think she more so tried to live her life more like her dad rather than Sojin so yeah what were your thoughts Melissa um yeah I felt bad for her as well I think she had um really had a roller coaster of a storyline this season um and I would agree that that I think maybe part of the reason why she didn't go 
um, turned out completely like Sojin, it's because of her dad and him trying to like get her to open her eyes. And I feel like a lot of people this season, just in general, right? I guess, um, it tried to open her eyes so that she can realize that, you know, her mom is who she is, um, not a good person. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think overall, I'm glad that, you know, she found some peace at the end of the season. I thought it was kind of ironic that she was working in a church considering some of the things that she did in the past, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but, and I, but anyways, but I think I liked, I liked how it, I liked how the, the show ended for her because she did go through a lot and she did try to, like you said, you know, she tried to um, be more adult in this season and try to take care of her mom in, in a sense. Um, but uh, I think by the end, she uh, figured out that she can just be herself. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I just felt like at the end, she just became like a normal person. Like, like you said, she didn't really become a good person. Yeah, but she just became normal, almost. I don't know. The fact that she worked, with, she, they have her working in a church at the end. I was like, huh. Just like a complete like turnaround. I mean, she didn't really, she didn't necessarily like kill anyone, so she wasn't like a murderer or anything. Although I think, yeah. she, although you know, you know, we know she tried to. I don't know if she intentionally tried to kill um, Rona, but, you know, she injured her very badly. Other than that, though, I mean, she didn't really kill anyone. She just, she, and, and anyways, I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to stop talking. Um, I'm just glad that it ended how it did for her. Um, yeah. The one part that I thought was kind of sad, I thought it was kind of sad how when she was trying to, I guess, find, make money, and she was working with a teacher to record songs. I'm still not really sure what types of or what the point was of this recording the songs. I don't know if it was for like, I don't know what it was for. But she was recording a bunch of songs for him. And he was like, oh, like, look at, so this is what you went to school for. Or like, I don't know, he was basically like making mm-hmm. fun of her for like being, I don't know if it was because she thought she was high and mighty, whatever, when she was in school. And now she's like recording like pop songs for whatever he was working on but I don't think that was fair because that's a a fair like career like people do like things like that like have that kind of career like normally so I don't know that part I didn't think was fair um and I thought it was kind of petty I thought it was kind of petty but um other than that um that's all I was gonna say I'm just glad she turned out to be you know pretty normal Mm-hmm. Okay, so the last character that we're going to go into is Jusukun. Melissa, what are your thoughts? Um, so he was also a minor character, I felt like, in this season. Um, I felt like his main role was acting as, like, the connector or, like, the connection between different characters. Um, and he didn't really have, like, his own storyline necessarily this season. Like with um his sister, um he helped mend whatever ties were broken between his sister and her mom, and so like like he you know was helping her out and still trying to get her to come back home, 
um, with his dad, whose major role was basically his dad using him to get back to Korea. So that was his role there. He was also spying on um, his dad for his mom uh, or for Suryon. Um, and so that was basically his main role, I felt like. Like, I felt like he didn't really have, like, his own thing. But anyways, what about you? I agree with everything you said. He was a connector character for the season. Um, and he really took a back burner. I think he... I don't know. I feel like he had already reached his, like, peak character development by the beginning of this season. And so he was just kind of there to keep the story moving along. Um, yeah. I don't really have much to say about him. But I do... I do... I can say this. I do like the fact that he kept being a good person to the end. Like, nothing made him switch. Although there was, like, a moment where he tried to pretend that he was going to be bad. Big and bad. But he didn't. So... <laughs> so I really appreciate... I don't know. I really appreciate that the writers didn't make him fall back and go back and forth. I feel like he was a really stable character this season, which is, like, very important because this this series is so like all over the place and people are flipping and twisting and being good and bad and so it's just nice to have them be like a person where like you're like oh they're good kind of like Bayrona like you can go to her you can look at her you can say oh she's gonna be good this season so it's really nice to have that kind of stability in this crazy season or almost said world of the penthouse so yeah that's really what I have to say about him you have anything else to say Nope. All right. So we are going to now move on to our favorite and worst scenes. We're going to start off with the scenes that were worst or that we just didn't like. Um, so Melissa, what were your thoughts? Um, I have a few. Um, well, I just thought of one that I hadn't actually had down. Um, so, but okay. So the first scene that I didn't like, I, I didn't like how. I hated how Chun Sojin died. I didn't feel like she... So basically she had cancer and she died from cancer. I think it was some sort of throat cancer, I think. I know she couldn't like talk at the end. So I just hated how normal it was because after everything that she went through, I felt like... I don't know. Like I almost wanted like someone to like... Honestly, I felt like she should have died when the chandelier fell on her. Like, I thought that should have been it. So I was a little confused as to why she came back and the fact that she died such a normal kind of death. Like, I mean, not that cancer is... I feel like, okay, cancer compared to a chandelier falling on you, I feel like is normal. I don't know if that's, like, a good comparison. But, I mean, we all saw the chandelier crush her. Yeah. so I felt like that should have been it. Like, we should have not seen her like ever again and like anything that the whole dementia thing after that like I felt like that was so unnecessary like that whole storyline of her kind of having dementia but not really having dementia and finding out that she didn't actually have dementia she was just using that as an excuse I was just like that's kind of what is the point of this but um anyway so I guess that's the one scene that I didn't like that the end because it was just like she should have been gone um and then I hated how both of mine are like death related, I guess. But I hated how Dr. Ha died because I felt like it was just very gruesome and he didn't deserve 
that kind of death at all. Like, that's a way that Chunso Jin should have died. Like, if someone had pushed her over, I'd been like, oh, okay, that's reasonable because she's so evil. But, like, with him, it was just like, he didn't have to die like that. I mean, I, granted, like, I felt like, I felt like he was going to go soon mm-hmm. because he really didn't have much of a purpose anymore because he was blind. He was um, just kind of stumbling around. I'm so, I don't know why he thought it was a good idea to go see Chun So Jin knowing that he couldn't even see, like, by himself. Like, that whole part frustrated me. Um, but um, I just hated how he died because I was like, this is just so gruesome for no reason. So, Amber, what were the scenes you didn't like? <laughs> um, so, before I go on to the scenes I didn't like, I want to say I also agree with you that I didn't like the way So Jin died. I feel like it was too easy. It was a cop-out. Like, she should have, like, rotted in jail or something, really faced the consequences of what she did. Because I feel like no one, no one in this entire series has ever really faced true time in jail for what they did like yeah they went to jail at the beginning but they all got out so it's not like it's not like they really faced any real consequences um I also hated how Dr. Ha died um I think that he could have lived if Sojun had called Sojun if Sojin had called the police uh, for him even if she had left before they arrived if she like called them I feel like they could have done something saved him a little bit like Umbiel could have came and saw him or just something you know um so yeah but I mean she's cold-hearted so we already went over that so that wasn't gonna happen um but the two that I did not like I the first one is that I hated the ending especially when Surun killed herself to me it was just very aggravating because everything that she did up to that point felt like it was just like useless all these people tried to help her along the way and it just felt like everything they did to help her like some people lost their life well one person lost their life because of it <laughs> like the it was useless i like i was upset about it um and then the second one is more so like a heartbreaking scene more than one that i really didn't like but was when um yundong pill I don't know if it was Pill or Phil, whatever, drop, dropped um, Jenny off. I don't know if she was going to, like, a tutoring session or where she was, or work. I don't know where she was. Where she, he dropped her off somewhere and um, asked for a hug because he had to go somewhere. And she was like, oh, like, where, where are you going, Dad? And he was like, Dubai. And I was like, oh, oh that's so bad because we all understand that when, when they say Dubai in terms of their family, it means that he's going back to jail. And so she was like crying and gave him a hug. And I was like, oh, he has to go back after he just got out. And they had just kind of gotten back on somewhat good terms. Um, so I thought that was like really sad. And then the other heartbreaking scene, I guess that's not on here, is when um, Umbiel just went to go see her dad at the morgue. That was sad too because she had just previously told him that she'd never want to see him again, but now he's dead. So and it's sad because that was the last thing that she ever told him. So those those were the scenes I didn't like. Um, yeah. So that's, you have anything else to say about scenes? Um, nope. All right. So moving on to our favorite scenes, Melissa. What were what were some of your favorites? Um, I have a few. So I. I really liked when Be- when Peirona saved you Jenny from jumping off the building after following after 
she found out that her dad was had been in jail and that everyone at the school knew about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that was like you know a testament to Peyrona's character and how much she how much she cares about others and didn't want others to go through um, the same pain that she's been through. I don't know. I just felt like it was a very much like you know a moment where she was just like you know I see you I see your pain and you don't have to go through this you know I'm here for you you can make you can make it through this mm-hmm. so I liked that part. Um, and the second one. I, I talked about it earlier. <laughs> um, <laughs> I liked when Peyron had showed up and basically took Yoon Bill's place in the audition to become the principal soprano um, at the opera. I just thought that was such a boss move. Um, and it was very classy of her. And I really liked it. And the third one, I really liked the, when Judante died. Because it was just like, finally. Like, finally. <laughs> it's over. Um and I felt, and I think because I was so disappointed with how Chun So Jin, like when the chandelier fell on Chun So Jin, like I thought the same thing. But then she popped up again. Um, the next episode, I was like, "Oh, it's not over." But with this one, I felt like there's no way he could come back. There's yeah. no way. <laughs> like a whole building just fell on him, and he was shot in the head. So yeah, he was shot in the head, and we saw <laughs> him no get way. shot in the head. Um, so I was just like, finally. And I did hate that it was, like, kind of poetic because I think I mentioned also earlier how, like, it's, like, his castle or whatever that he, his castle, I guess, that he built falling on him. It's, like, ugh, it's so annoying. Like, he could have died. I would I kind of wish he had died in, like, in an abandoned warehouse or something. Mm-hmm. But instead of at Hera Palace. But, I mean, it was, I'm just glad. That I was glad when he died. And those were the scenes I, I liked. So. Okay. Oh, no, 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 I was just going to say, so, Amber, <laughs> what were your scenes? Oh. <laughs> um, uh, my first one was, it's kind of in the beginning of this season when they were all in jail and Sojin got transferred to, okay, at the beginning she was in her own little palace, almost kind of in jail, like she had her own little area, but then she got put into the same, um, to the same cell as, uh, Kangmari and I forgot the other woman's name, but they were in the same cell. And she she kind of made the hid person in that cell angry. And so the the lady could sing as well. And so every time she sung a song, she was like, "Okay, you two, whenever I say ah, you gotta hit her." And it was just crazy because each person was just hitting her back and forth, and they just did it with like so much. <laughs> I don't know if they were having fun with it, but like it felt like they had been waiting their entire lives to smack this woman around. And so that was one of my favorite ones because I was like, mm, you're getting what you deserve. Uh, <laughs> the second scene that I loved was when Beirona and Sokun went to dinner and Beirona wanted pasta. And it was because like they never got to go get pasta after the competition. And so I thought that was so cute. I was like, oh, after all this time, you guys are so cute. Um and the okay, I have a few of you guys. Uh, the third one was like towards the end of um towards the end of it when Su Run was starting to question if getting vengeance was really worth it. And it's one of my favorite scenes because throughout the season I slowly started to wonder the same thing. Like, was it really worth it? I mean, even in the beginning I talked about I couldn't decipher whether she was a good guy or a bad guy. Well, I guess a good woman or a bad good character or a bad character. And so even so to have her say that at the end of it I was like okay so I'm, I'm on the same page as this character <laughs> because I was, 
confused because I was really sitting here wondering like is it really worth it like I I get why you would think that is worth it but at the end is it worth it but I guess it was but I don't know I'm still still teeter-tottering back and forth on that one and my very very last one is I appreciated the scenes where we found out why Judante is the way he is um I never would have thought that it was to get revenge like I don't know because from all the other seasons I felt like that he was just like naturally like innate evil but he actually had a reason for why he was the way he was and I always thought that he came from a rich family or maybe that's something that kind of went over my head throughout this but it was just because you know they that you know Suran's family killed his family and so he was like okay, I'm gonna make it to the top. And I don't know, I guess it kind of goes to see how just like determined he was because that's like a very long term plan from when you're a child to an adult to get this revenge, like he had to work his way up. And um, also, I think it also shows why he, he also, I mean, not only at that point where you see his family get killed, but another part where um, you see him and um, the real Judante's father have it out back in Japan. Um, you see that he also got screwed over by the father. And so he was just trying to, you know, make it. Like he's like this poor person who is just trying to make it in life to, you know, fulfill his mother's wishes. And they screwed him over. So <laughs> yeah, so I think those those are the scenes that I appreciated like I guess gave me some background into like why he is the way he is because I was wondering the same thing I'm just like is he just this evil like who is just this evil and so having that background was um nice but I don't know if that was also to kind of make us feel bad for him although I never felt bad for him because I saw these backgrounds (laughs) these background stories but I don't know if that was trying to give people some sort of like understanding and and feel some empathy towards him because of it but um yeah so I really appreciated those scenes so those were all my favorite scenes you have anything else to say Melissa um wow um <laughs> sorry it was a lot I know <laughs> but, um I I just want to say that I I agree with you with the, about the background story because I feel like it was definitely helped humanize his character mm-hmm. um but I also feel like even though we know all of that um, I mean, it does give us some an understanding as to why he is the way he is, or the why mm-hmm. he why he was the way he was. But I felt like everything that he did as an adult still, to me, overshadows the fact yeah. that he came from such a bad like situation um, when he was a child, because I feel like he was still like evil. But I mean, I'm but I do appreciate that they did give us some background in this season. Um. And that's all I was going to say. Um, Yeah, I just want to add on to that. Okay, so we're going to move on to our overall thoughts. Melissa, what was your thoughts on this season? So, okay, my overall thoughts. I thought the season was a little all over the place. I felt like there were basically like three different seasons in one I felt I felt like because I felt like the first half or the first few episodes before Oh Yoon Hui died was like one storyline and then she died and it was like a whole nother storyline and then when Logan got up um that was like a whole nother storyline to me I don't know I just felt like 
I felt like there were some characters who were stable throughout. Like, I felt like Kang Mari was pretty stable throughout. Peirana was pretty stable throughout. Sokun, mm-hmm. um, the two characters we didn't even talk about, the lawyer turned politician oh, yeah. or whatever. And the family. wife. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I felt like they were pretty stable throughout. but And everyone else. So I felt like maybe that's, that helped center the whole show. Mm-hmm. Were those, like, stable characters. But then everyone else was just, like, all over the place. And I was like, what is going on? Everyone is dying. People are flipping. I don't know. It was just a lot. Um, So for me, it just felt like a little bit. That's why I guess it felt like a little bit all over the place. And maybe it also feels that way because this is the first time that we've reviewed a show, like, in real time. Like, we've watched the episodes, I guess, in real time. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's why, even, like, going through some of our, like, scenes, it's, like, majority of these are, like, towards the end. And out of this, because the end... Honestly, I felt like... I feel like the reason why a lot of the the things I remember are more so towards the end, because I felt like it was kind of stagnant up until the end. Yeah. to, To a certain extent. Um... Like, things are just kind of boring <laughs> until, <laughs> like, maybe... I can't even pinpoint one. I want to say, well, for me, probably with the chandelier fell on Shonso Jin's because that was, like, episode, like, 13 or 12 mm-hmm. or something like that. I don't know. I just felt like for a while there, I just felt like, what's the point of the show? Um, And then it started picking up. So maybe that's part of the reason why I felt that way. Um. Um, I also felt like we didn't even talk about this either, but I felt like Alex played such a minor role in this season. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was there like kind of, but the way that he came off in the beginning of season one, I mean, sorry, not season one, in the beginning of the season in like episode one. They made it seem like he was going to be, like, this really important... Was he in the first episode? Okay, I can't remember if he was in the first episode or not. But I know he was in, like, the, one of the first, like, few episodes. And they made it seem like he was going to have, like, this really important role. Like, yeah, I'm going to get revenge for Logan, da 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 He was there, and then he was gone and popped back up in, like, see episode, like, five or whatever. Like, I can't remember. Okay, I'm making up episodes now. Sorry, guys. But the point is, like, he was there. They made it seem like he was going to play a really important role. And then he was gone and popped up, like, maybe in in another few episodes. And I don't know. Okay, so part of me was thinking, you know, there was a whole controversy of of his hair. If you don't know the controversy, I don't think we talked about it on the episode but the, there was a whole controversy about his hair and basically he they had him wearing like a wig that looked like it was supposed to imitate dreadlocks and it looked like it basically he looked like a walking stereotype of like a black american a stereotypical black american that you would see in america <laughs> i don't know um and so they so there was a whole controversy about that they ended up changing his hair to like a weave sort of look, straight weave. Um, that's the best way I can describe it. I'm sorry, but the tattoos and the and the and the way that he was talking and like his mannerisms stayed the same. So it's kind of like, what was the point? Like it wasn't even just the hair that people were upset about. It was the for me at least. It was just the whole. He was a walking stereotype, and I felt like that was really what was offensive for me. But I'm, I'm not going to talk more about that. I but I'm but I 
the reason why I bring that up is because I wonder if he was supposed to play a bigger role in the beginning and they decided not to have him in so many episodes because of the controversy. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And I know a lot of people dropped this show after that whole thing came out. And then people were like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm glad I didn't even watch this. or I'm glad I never really picked this up for this season or whatever. Um, so I don't know if that's part of the reason. But I just thought it was interesting how they made it seem like because this man came with like his whole crew of bodyguards, like talking about, oh, I'm going to get revenge for Logan. And then he disappeared and came back to um, to buy over Chunga construction. But it was all like a big like farce or whatever. Because then he ended up canceling it because Chun So Jin. Anyways, it's the whole thing. So, anyways, I was just, that was just over. That was just the thought that I had because I was like, where? What did Alex go? <laughs> so I was thinking. <laughs> um, and then my last like overall thought, I guess, last thought was that I, I felt like if anyone were to were going to stay alive in the end, I felt like it should have been Suryon just because mm-hmm. the whole thing kind of started with her. And it was just when she died, it was just kind of like, okay. Um, I mean, everyone else seemed to like, everything worked out for everyone else <laughs> towards the end that who was alive. Um, but it just felt kind of, it felt kind of unresolved. I don't know. Something about the show felt unresolved because so many people had died that were important, who were important to the storyline. Mostly I felt like Suryon. I was just like, why did she die? But um, I guess because it started with her technically and maybe they're saying, you know, it started with her and ends with her. I don't know if that's what they were going for, the writers. Mm. (laughs) Okay. Um, And that was it. That was all I had. What about you? Um, I, I also just wanted to touch on the whole Alex thing. I because when you said that you were like, I thought he's gonna play a, um like a more major role or whatever. I was thinking it's probably it's probably because of that 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 one scene. That one scene. <laughs> and I also was wondering if that's why Logan made a return later on in the mm-hmm. season. Like I wonder if actually Alex was supposed to take take logan's space space Mm -hmm. place as like the person that helps really get the bad people but because of the stereotypical person that they tried to make him be um that happened uh and his little accent that he tried to do to make him sound different from logan was horrible as well so (laughs) i mean honestly even i even contemplated like do i really want to finish out this series because but I don't yeah. know but I feel like I was already too invested in mm-hmm. what was happening that I just I just had to I had to watch it and I do appreciate that they did try to change it they did make the apology so I mean they tried to make it work I mean he did have to come back a few few times but it wasn't as many so I was okay with it um yeah, they could have just, you know, did something different. Um, and I do agree with you that, like, if anyone should have stayed alive, Sudrans should have been the one to to be alive. And I think also another death that I think was dumb was Logan's. Like, just let the man live. <laughs> like, he, just, he already died once. Just let him live. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Um, but, yeah, so I just wanted to say those couple comments to what you were saying. But I guess I should start, like, what? 
one question that I was really confused about throughout like this whole season is why was um Sojin's secretary so ride or die for her like I don't know if she had money to pay him like I don't I don't understand like he, I was thinking the same thing I was like, I think I was watching I think yeah I was watching I was thinking the same thing like I don't even think I had texted you I was I was sorry I was thinking the exact same thing because mm-hmm. okay never mind I'm sorry go ahead uh, the, go ahead no, I was just gonna say because I was saying the same thing because when after she lost all her money, I was like, so how is he getting paid? Where is he yeah. living? Like, what is this? I don't understand this like deep set like loyalty he had towards her because how was he getting paid? Exactly. <laughs> just go over here like buying her plane tickets and stuff with what money? With his money, I guess. But they froze his account at some point too, so. I don't know. I don't. I just thought it was just like weird dynamic. Because even this, even the season before, like he, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he liked her or something. That's I, the only thing I could think. I don't of. understand. That was a question I had. Um, but I will say what I found interesting is how, like, at the end of this whole series, like life came full circle. Like for example, Sookyung traded lives with her twin sister, um, because like Minsola worked as a tutor and she cleaned grapes at a barbecue place, and in the end, Sookyung did the same thing. So I thought oh. that was interesting. Um, also another one is when like Umbyul had like the scar on her neck, like Yoonwi had, but Beirona was like the successful singer. So it was kind of like the same story of like their parents but switched so I thought that I, just, I don't know I just really loved hmm. how it just shows that like you never know where you're going to end up in life so be careful what you do I guess I don't know um but I will say one thing I didn't really like about this season is that they re- repeated like the twists like people dying and coming back to life and then how Umbiel was taking the drugs to forget her memory I was like uh oh, been there done that like why are you guys doing this um I also didn't like how the writers killed off so many characters this season I guess that kind of also goes back to um Suryon dying and Logan dying um I just feel like by the end they just kind of gave up on their creativity and they couldn't think of a better way to like I guess I guess end the audience's curiosity about where these characters are going and what they're doing as to just Mm -hmm. and they just shows like oh let's just kill them off and I'm just like "Uh, you didn't have to do that and I wish they would just end it on a happy note I don't know I like I wish there was some sort of like happiness that came out of I guess it's supposed to be the kids the kids were successful so I guess that worked out but still I wish there was just more happiness to it because this this whole thing is just so dark i wish it was just like a little bit of light um and so is there anything else you have to say about overall thoughts or anything else with the episode so yeah i just wanted to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying about like how technically the kids lives did like they were successful in their lives and i and maybe that's what the whole point of this show really is because the whole it started off with season one with the parents to a certain extent doing all of these crazy things for their kids and so maybe that's how they decided to close it out to like so showing that you know everything that the parents did and even though their things happened that maybe they didn't expect to happen for their kids their kids still basically turned out okay and so maybe that's what's the point (laughs) 
of the show. Like, so because they were trying so hard to get their kids to basically become mini versions of them to an extent. Um, but they ended up, they all kind of ended up finding their own paths and doing well in what it is that they wanted to do. Um, or at least, I don't know if necessarily like Silk Young wanted to work at a barbecue place, but I mean, no. like. <laughs> But I mean, like, they ended up being content with their lives in the end. Um, so maybe that's how they they wanted to end the show. Like, the writers. That's that's what I was going to say. Hmm. So that's all for today. Um, let us know what your thoughts are about season three or the series as a whole. You can leave us a voice message on SpeakPipe or chat with us on Instagram and Twitter. All the links are in the description. If you like this episode and want to hear more, please subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for listening. Stay safe and we'll talk to you next episode.